Welcome to Ronan Radio. This is Michael Sky with Hans Komein on an island in the south of Brazil. We are fired up this morning talking about America's culture wars and how culture works by shaming and honoring. We weave together many different uh, topics on today's episode. We talk about the radical idea of honoring racism as a solution to the culture wars. And we don't necessarily mean what you might think when you first hear that. So we invite you to listen today to today's episode. But we also talk about simply honoring each other in our desires, in our biases, in the ways that we want to live our life. There is a direction that we point at for a path of honor, freedom, and peace for the individual man. Good morning, good morning. Um, we're talking this morning, Michael and I, and I was asking him a couple of things, and instead of asking him and then go live, I said, let's go live. And we were talking about how culture judges men for wanting to date foreign women. And I say, what culture? And he talked about America. And we'll go into it and I'll ask you about it. Because and I just want to say, and I'm also going to bring a bigger context of how culture shamed, how culture works. You don't know in, my questions in, yet. Inside of us, well, I titled mine, you know, about the culture war. So it's, I'm also thinking in the back of my mind, Black Lives Matter, the culture wars in the States. I mean, I'm going to weave it together. So, <laughs> so go ahead. I'm not going to have any part of this. My experience of this, I, I started traveling only when I was 33, the past 12 years, say. And uh, I always had an affinity for also more foreign women, more than Belgian women, with the little experience that I had in Belgium, you know. And... Um, <laughs> Good, nonetheless. As for your mom. And. Uh, how to do what? That? That's right. And. Uh, <laughs> who are you going to please, please with that? Me. But. Uh, and then I started traveling, like, to the last 12 years, and I had a. I, I met a lot of foreign women, and it's just a completely different dating scene when I went to. Romania, when I went to uh, Bucharest, when I went to Medellin, Colombia, when I went to Tokyo, Japan. And I was like, wow, you know, there's all these different ways of dating out there and I feel more welcome. And why haven't I done this before? Why didn't I travel before? And as we're talking about the judgment that a culture has for dating foreign women, I was wondering, did my culture judge me for dating foreign women? And I think, no, I never saw that as an issue. What the issue was with us is that we're not really like, there's no, there's no stimulation of it. Like you, I didn't know that that was a possibility. I didn't see that I could travel in my life. I didn't see that I could date foreign women. But then you say that in the States, it's a lot worse that there's a, a demonizing or a judgment of, of, of dating foreign women. And I ask you, where do you see it? Like, where is this happening? 
where do you feel that judgment of, of dating foreign women as an American man? And I wouldn't say dating foreign women, just dating foreign women, but going abroad to date foreign women mm. or, uh, yeah, mostly that. So like if the foreign women live in the States, that's not, uh, right. That's not, uh, the deal. But, you know, I, I would also say that the way I see it, American culture is very, uh, um, like you look at the culture wars going on now, you know, and there's something in American culture where we have these high ideals about who we should be and who we shouldn't be. And um, there's not really, it, it doesn't really occur to most people to say, well, I'm not happy here with the dating scene or with my level of freedom or with the economic opportunities or with the politics, I'm just going to go live in Mexico mm. or I'm just going to go live uh, in Japan or... That's interesting because uh, like if Belgians have one thing, <laughs> the great consequence of being conquered by any other country, German, Dutch, French, Spanish, Austrian, anything, you know, we have a very much like looking outside, even in the way our culture or TV is, you know, we see all kinds of things from the States, from the East, and we get all these yeah, influences. Just like really good at bending over and just taking it. Yeah. So and uh, yeah. So this is one of the good advantages of that. I would say that we're very much, we're not Belgian centric. Yeah. It's so interesting because, you know, you have the European union there. So you have, you know, a lot of international presence there. And it's just a tiny country relative to a lot of other countries. And uh, it's right there in, you know, you, it's kind of like three different languages and cultures there, right? Yes. You have French, you have the, the, the Dutch or Flemish, right? And what's the other one? German. German. And I mean, just right there. And everyone there, speaks like, English. And everyone speaks English as well. Yes. Yeah. And then you're right next door to a bunch of other countries. So, you know, for, for you guys going to England or Scotland or something, that's like someone who lives in Texas going to Utah. You know, it's not that far away. And, uh, but for Americans, we're all, it's all one country and it's not so different. And, you know, I think there's, there's, I grew up Mormon and oftentimes you would see the, the, the people with the most, the strongest kind of, most kind of defensive belief are the converts. The new people that are like, they have less like groundedness in it. So like they really hang on to it. And I think you also see this with like, um, you see some of these, there's been the, in, in, in America, there's been these two white people who they've pretended to be black. And they were some of the ones fighting the hardest for <laughs> black people's rights. Rachel Dolezal and this founder of the, is this one of the leaders of the Black Lives Matter movement. How, <laughs> how yeah. does one pretend to be black? <laughs> well, I'm thinking Ali G, you know? Yeah. Is it because I'm black? Is he like, so I see a, white guy a, a way of, one was a male, one was a female. Yes. They're not related. But they just did their hair in a certain way. They, I guess they acted in a certain way. They, 
And they really, they, they made an extra effort to take up black issues. Okay. And they just act black or what? It, it, well, yeah, I guess. And so, but my point is that America is very young. We're all converts to America in a way. Yes. We've kind of all just come there. We all want to fit in. And so, and, and people are so quick to leave their culture behind, leave their language behind, leave their traditions behind to blend in. Yes. And so you have this dynamic where um, it's, it's more aggressive. It's more, and, and it's also, I think, a Protestant thing, but I tie this in as well. The Protestants, I'm lost. when they left the Catholic religion and they said, okay, we have, you, you try to establish a new authority for a new church. Protestant religions are constantly splitting, mm. creating new religion, new, right. new church, new one, new one, new one, new one, new one. And for me, I see this in part as a reflection of, and they're also very much like, if, if you disobey a little bit, like you're, you're, you're cast out. It's a very kind of fragile group because it doesn't have the long tradition of the Catholic Church, mm. for example, that has that longer sense of authority, like going back to Jesus and all that kind of stuff. It's a much more, much more fragile uh, claim to authority. So the beginning, as soon as it begins challenged, then you ostracize the people who are challenging it. Okay, and you say that's what's going on with the states too. Yes. It's still forming, let's say, the American identity. And in the forming of the identity, the border control is so important. It's like in the, in the protection of the borders that your identity becomes clearer. And so there are a lot more because they don't have the history. They got to work on it. So we got to do a lot of border control. So if you, if I feel that you're in any way against me or you're not 100% agreeing, you're against me. And so it's a lot more antagonizing energy. Yeah, your your identity is more fragile. Yes, and so you're uh, a lot more combative okay. and okay. a lot more quicker to cast someone out. And so in that, if you so a lot more antagonizing to what could be not part of you, or what could be not a hundred percent part of you, and so therefore also a quicker judgment of what is strange, what is different, what is outside, and so a quick judgment of those men that are apart from your culture. And that would dare to go and look elsewhere for more happiness and welcoming something like this. Yeah, well, I think it's a fa I think it's a factor in, in how America is, and you see the culture wars going on over there right now. But let me just say that I mean there are many cultures that judge the local people for dating outside of their race or outside of their nationality. I mean, you go. I mean, I, I think actually most countries, especially once you leave like Western, yes, the West. You know, the U.S., Canada, Australia, Western Europe. Even there's a lot of people in there who, regardless of what color they are it, or religion, you have different religions yeah. and some families that are a certain color that, that don't want you to date outside of the race or the religion. More, more homogenous. Homogenous? A, a, a culture is more xenophobic it is. Less you have strangers, more you have fear of strangers. And, and racism, you know, in Belgium, it's funny that the, the, the most racist party, you know, uh, starts and has its stronghold in the place where, where there are the least amount of foreigners. Yes. You know? so. so, so let me bring this up as a solution. What if, what if, no, we honor racism. 
We honor Asians. Yes. And I don't mean what you might think I mean, right? But we honor that people have different prejudices, yes. different desires, yes. different ways of living. You know, in the in the U.S., we judge people if, like, if a bunch of white people say they only want to live with white people in their neighborhood or whatever, right. they're like they're they're racist, bad. We got to get rid of them. Right. If a bunch of black people want to just live with black people, ah, oh, they're racist. We need to well, get rid of them. Although it's not, we don't call black people racist anymore, but. And so what we're trying to do is force everyone to have no prejudice yes. as a solution. We're trying to it's, imagine we're in this house. Right. And we've got a bunch of people here. And we're trying to force everyone to have a certain set of values. Right. And a certain set of beliefs. And But every four years we can vote for a whole new way to force everyone to adopt a whole new way. Right. It would be a very antagonistic kind of violent place. Yes. But what if we just instead said, you know what? Everyone who's in this house... If you want to live next door or across the street or wherever, you can go anywhere. You can you can go where you're happy. Yes. You don't have to live here, and we don't all have to get along, and we don't all have to abide by the same values and beliefs. We can just go where we're happy. I, I have a two-prong approach, and yours is great. First, the acceptance of where we're at, where we're, say, we have prejudice. We're racist. In well, you have prejudice. You're racist. Me, I'm not. But I'll, I'll accept you for that. I won't judge you. Is it because I'm black? <laughs> two prong approach this you accept that it is a natural thing to be racist to have prejudice and to think I'm better than the other and just to clarify because there's a lot of different uh, ways of thinking about racism but I think what we would say is to have a bias to have a yes. prejudice to have uh, preferences that the are judgment is normal it is a great it is a way how we navigate things you know how we know but you got to be ready to Suspend that judgment. And here's the second part of the two-prong approach. I just thought of it this morning. What if we forced <laughs> our, all our young adolescents before they become real citizens, before they get married, before they start a career, before they buy a house, you have to go one year obligatory travel. You have to get out of the country, see what's out there. You know, and then you can come back and you can choose to live in America or not. You don't have to come back, you know, and uh, which because hey, of course, I, I, I totally detest the forcing part, but I love the idea. And I think it's a good idea in terms of a family or a community. And the Amish do this as well. We were talking about this this morning, how you grow up Amish and then I forget what they call it, but at a certain age. They send you away. You go live in the world for yes. a year with the worldly people. You can do whatever you want, sleep with people, have drugs, whatever. And then you have a choice. You can come back and commit to the way of the Amish way of life and join the community, or you can stay out and be free. I think it's incredible. It's a great what idea. If, what if what if America does that? I think it's a great thing. Yeah. I you think uh, and and because what I've seen is like that nothing has changed, has 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 taken away my judgments more away than, than traveling. Mm -hmm. You're like, well, yeah, you know, there's so much out there. There's so many different ways of looking at things. It's just, what are we thinking? You know? yes. And uh, you learn to walk other people's shoes and you, it's impossible to hate someone when you know them better. It's impossible. And that's what travel well, does. It can also make it a lot more likely you live long enough. And, With uh, some people. <laughs> I didn't yeah. know that I hated you so much. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
Oh, now you do, so you can leave. Go travel, okay? Go I go travel. back. <laughs> go back to my country. So a two prong approach. I like this. We're accepting racism as a natural way of dealing things. We legalize racism. <laughs> And we honor racism. Honor racism. And young adults are pushed out of the nest, have to travel for a year. Then yes. they can come back, make choices to live there, to work there, to marry or, there. Of course, you know, we're being a little bit, we're exaggerating a little bit when we say honor racism, but, but honoring that people have different beliefs, desires, ways to live their life, different biases, different yes. prejudices. Why can't we just let people uh, live how they want? And, and the idea being then, they don't feel forced. We're not all feeling forced by each other and judged by each other yes. to conform, to obey, to change. And then there's far less aggression, yes. far less animosity. And what has to go along with it is this, for example, in America, every four years, we all vote and the majority gets to force a minority to adopt their new ways of life. That should, that should, we should get rid of that. Let, let people... You know, let people form their own, let people be governed by the people that they want to govern them. Mm -hmm. More like a Native American kind of a thing where, you know, it's, it's, an, well, yeah. an authority is not uh, someone on the top forcing everyone else to do their bidding. Like right now, I had a topic like <laughs> two minutes ago and it's just, God, I'm bringing it anyway. What honoring does is the opposite of how we do our discussions, which is right or wrong. It's right or wrong. And that's how we discuss you're right I'm, uh, or I'm right, you're wrong. And honoring is the opposite of that. So I honor when you're wrong. Instead of, <laughs> instead of saying, oh, your racism is wrong, which is, again, is also a judgment. You know, as much as the racism is a judgment, you're judging the judger. You know, the, there's no way out of that. You can judge. You cannot judge each other out of an argument. You know, the only way is to honor, which means not saying it's honoring doesn't mean it's right to be racist. No, it means what does it mean to be racist, and and where does it come from, and like that is the starting point. You know, and to not judge it for right or wrong. So yeah, honor racism. Go on a year sabbatical. Well, the go travel. Uh, the way that. Finishing it. The way no, no. <laughs> the way that culture works is through shaming, and what it is, it's the threat of being ostracized. It's the threat of being cast out. So if I'm judging you as racist or as whatever, the threat is very much a survival threat. It's the first step is that the way I look at you and the way I start talking about you to the other people, and the, and it's I could potentially have violence enacted. Uh, towards me if you guys are shaming me and talking about me or kicked out of the the community and these are very much like a survival threat and, and this is um, you know I could talk so much about this but the the US we, we honor free speech whereas many other cultures they honor like not shaming humiliating people in public and these two are kind of at war and because we're such proponents for free speech this is another great factor in why american culture is so um aggressive and, yeah and divided so but a direction for a solution is honor first first start with honoring rather than starting with the moral judgment mm. and uh yeah I, i've i really feel like i've been preparing my whole life for these times <laughs>
when America is starting to become so, uh, not starting, but, <laughs> you know, when uh, things are really starting to come to a head more and more and more with the culture wars. So, so to bring back to your question, for the men yes. who are feeling like judged, like judged if I leave. Yes. And there are many judgments. Um, I'm unpatriotic. I'm a, I'm a loser. All oh, that guy he can't get women, the local women. And maybe he just likes, uh, you know, in America right now, there's a big thing like judging if, like, if I like Asian women, I'm fetishizing Asian women. This is a, a very bad thing these days. So you also bring the coronavirus. If I date Asian women, then that's a stretch. That's a stretch for a funny joke. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> we might be losing the, uh, might be losing the conversation here. Bring it back. Bring it back. So American for, men are just for it. So for American men who simply have a desire to date foreign women, right? Or wait, let's bring it back. And they're not happy. You don't need to sit and be angry. You don't need to blame the local women. You don't need to blame your culture. You don't need to just sit and be angry or fight or try to change things or try to change women or try to change yourself. A very simple, honor, mutually honoring solution is go where you're wanted yes. and, and where you want the local people. Or if you really want to honor and make your choice for an American woman valid, you know, what's your choice for an American woman worth if you haven't tasted anything else? You know, if you choose one, if you choose, this is the best wine in the world and you've only drank that wine. Yeah, I'm not going to trust your choice. You say, I choose between 20 wines. This is my favorite wine. I trust you. So. Oh, why stop at 20? There's like 200 uh, countries. Like, huh? Well, why would I trust you if you only tasted 20? So, like so what America countries. does, <laughs> what America does is, is judging the, the wine connoisseur who wants to make a more informed choice, you know? And they say, no, you can be a wine connoisseur, but you can only, you can only taste one wine. And then you tell us what's your best wine. It's ridiculous. Go and taste different. American wines. woman, <laughs> stay away from me. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>